This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. The members broadcasting these episodes live in New Mexico and Colorado, the traditional territories of the Pueblo and Ute peoples. We acknowledge these are unceded lands with communities who continue to maintain connections to these places and recognize their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. Learn more about Pueblo culture at indianpueblo.org and Ute culture at utepac.com. That's U-T-E-P-A-C dot com. I summoned you, please come to me Don't bury thoughts that you really want I fill you up, drink from my cup Within me lies what you really want Come, lay me down Cause you know Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present Monster Hearts, The Next Generation, featuring David as the mortal, Rainy as the ghost, Santiago as the werewolf, and Kenny as the vampire, with Dez as the MC. That's where that's from. Yep. Well, yep. All right. Well, there it is. I'm cool now. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so let's get into this final debriefing. This is a, I, mm. I want to have a more celebratory tone. This is not like, this is all the shitty stuff we forgot to do. These are the stupid mistakes we made because we didn't, because we're perfect. So yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I'm not here for that. This is a celebratory discussion of series season one of Monster Hearts and Next Generation with the amazing characters and players that we have here because y'all characters and players too so um i'm gonna just do a little intro okay so i'm desert i'm the abyss as per usual i'm the mc i'm the mc and uh, david introduce yourself and who you played i'm david i played autumn the mortal good for you uh rainy <laughs> hi i'm rainy <laughs> it's me um yeah. i played lenore the ghost yes you did and Asante. Santiago, Riley, the werewolf. Yes, and Kenny. I'm Kenny, and I played Lucian, the vampire. We sure did. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we come in with a blood, we go out with a blood. All right, so uh, this is going to be me facilitating questions. Uh, briefly, quick, maybe like an hour tops and we'll talk about our experiences and i just have a couple questions to get into the into the into our mode of questioning one thing i did want to cover though might seem like unfinished business and i hope the person who's like taking footnotes and like documenting all of the stuff that we're doing um in some capacity i'm totally mm-hmm. kidding about that nobody's what? saying that oh what's uh, with the what now <laughs> I'm rambling at this point. This is not a good start. Um, I'm just saying like, there's somebody like, there's some like scribe taking all of these notes. Right. They're going to be like, oh, well, they didn't talk about the season advance in the last episode for Kenny, but they talked about it in this particular episode of this discussion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to really try to edit myself down now here. So um, 
please cut all of that out as well. So moving on to um, the whole thing with the insight I had. So Kenny, you were sort of um, seeming a bit, I don't know, I don't want to put feelings on you, but you seemed a little frustrated or concerned about it. I'll do whatever, I'll I'll have whatever feelings you tell me to have. Oh my God, Kenny, don't start this. (laughs) Do not start this. You seemed, you seemed um, like you were trying to determine what sort of season advance you would do and rewriting your darkest self was appealing the most to you. Yeah. Is that still true? Yes. Because my initial thought was that I was going to retire Lysian. Um, But uh, situation, the situation has changed. Definitely. And I think it's more dramatic to have him continue to be a blight on the nuevo <laughs> no no okay all right all right i'm gonna i'm taking it back now so you were talking about rewriting your darkest self yes and so i had a thought because you were like feeling a little frustrated by the way that the darkest self is written for the vampire which i think is a little yeah we may have, we may have talked about this on uh, in during recording i can't remember anymore but yeah we I, we may have but, but the yeah 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 it, it's just the darkest self is just like how lucian is all the time so so here's the thing that that darkest self so my insight is this was a way for you to access the character immediately right away and be like okay i know who this guy is blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. the fun part though i think for you is that now you get to like, yeah, that's the darkest self. But the challenge for you now is to play him being somebody who that is his darkest self. Like he might be cool, cold and kind of neutral and like not super reactive all the time. And when he gets dark, he gets dark. But you now have an opportunity to play him in a way where you have more liberty now to play him as someone who is trying to find either some uh, finding redemption or finding a way to just live with who he is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? David, is that, I don't think I said it that stupidly before David, <laughs> but I said it and you were like, that's perfect. And yeah, now well, I don't the think way, the way you it put it, well. the way you put it is that um, instead of rewriting darkest self, since you're already, you've already got a pretty good um, idea of what that is, honestly, because you've Thank been, you. you've been running the, yeah. you've been blade running along the edge of the darkest yeah. self. You know, Absolutely. For the whole first season. Now, instead, you can look at like maybe taking grown-up moves or other things like that that will make Lucian a more mature, well-rounded yeah. person that will move him away from darkest self. So instead of rewriting mm. it, your your folk your focus now is to move away from that and like see where that takes you. you yeah, know? I like that idea. That's just yeah. a thought. Yeah. So I'm thanks, that. David, for helping. Yeah. So think about it more. We have yeah. some a little bit of time. So. I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. Kenny, oh you're going to do, don't, okay, I don't want to hear that ever again. That's not, there's no room for that here. You're going to do whatever you feel is best for your character. Or the I just story. want you guys to be happy. Oh, I just, God, no, stop. That's me. That's my job is the moral. Is my, I'm the one my... who's supposed to be getting XP okay. and strings on people by being is, like, he's like that sometimes. This is wild. This is... Okay. I'm taking this back. Kenny. Mm-hmm. That's just an idea for you to think about. Uh, we're going to move into the questions now. Okay. And uh, this, we could not have had such an amazing game without each and every one of you. So I just want to thank you all again for bringing it every damn time and for really thinking and being thoughtful about your character, the skin you played, um, the decisions you made. They were all so essential to um, this game being as successful, I think, for us as a group. Mm. 
Mm. Um, I, I think we're all very proud of the of the finished product. I, I'm assuming you agree. Yes. yes. <laughs> and we couldn't have done it without you. Well, thank so, you. Well, literally. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did do some of the stuff. So, all right. So I am going to start. Um, the first question is your favorite character highlight. So your favorite. So I want to know what your, um, as your characters, the skin you played, what was your f- highlight um, for you from the whole season and thinking about what you did? Does anyone want to go first? Does something pop into your mind? I mean, I've got one. Okay. I think I think of the many highlights, really. Uh, <laughs> for me personally, it is how things played out at the end of session 11 or episode 11, mm-hmm. because that is literally how I had envisioned it from the start up to and including it happening in the woods. Like I, I, you know, character death. Yeah. Yeah. The character. Well, yeah. Just everything, everything kind of falling, like her rejecting everybody and then immediately dying. I was really hoping that would happen. Cause it's like, as soon as the mortals, like, I don't need any of you, you know, it's like, yeah, that's when they usually lose it. She thinks she can be independent. It's like, no, actually that's, what's been keeping you alive is your dependency. So as soon as you like, Mm -hmm. you know, cut that off, it's like, Oh, well, congratulations. You're dead now. Yeah. Uh, it happening in the woods. Like I said, that was like every time I envisioned it, that's where it was happening. Like Rainy even had, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, foreshadowed that with, you know, oh, I dedicate this song to Autumn on our Discord server. <laughs> Fuck my life. You know? Shady. So, <laughs> Drag <laughs> Drag All game. right. So, um, so anyway, that was a personal highlight for me because it happened so organically. I didn't have to force it. It just happened that way. Everybody just like seemed to be showing up to make that happen. And I couldn't have been more pleased cool. by that. It was a perfect like example that. of how the collaborative narrative came to me. <laughs> that, was, that was actually really tough to tell if everything was going according to plan because our webcams were off at the time. Ooh, yeah. so like, I thought that I thought that made it better because it, we were really listening to each other. We were, and it, but it was like, really like, yeah, we could. I couldn't gauge. Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I would have been looking at David and been like, "Are you, <laughs> are you into this?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah, and Autumn. I mean, Autumn's trajectory was was set from the beginning, and that's something David and I talked about in terms of what Autumn wanted, mm-hmm. and it happened to work out that way. What a girl so wants, what ha- a girl needs. But here's the thing. There's no, there was no guarantee that that is what would have happened. It just mm-hmm. is how it, the story unfolded. So if you yeah. tell me like, hey, I want to die or I want this to happen um, <laughs> in, in your character. I'm not talking about you right. all. Yeah. If you want to die, I'm going to talk to you more intently about that. But um, <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah, if it unfolds in that way, then it does. At least it's out there that we know. And then we'll see how it kind of picks up. So who wants to go next? What was your personal highlight that you liked with the character you played? Um, I'll go, even okay. though I don't have, I have no idea what I'm about to say. Um, personal big highlight for Lucian, I think. I don't know. I was just very excited. I love Lucian. He's yeah. probably one of my favorite characters that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's so overtly dramatic and, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. toxic and mm-hmm. but then you know has layers to him oh like, yeah you know? uh so i guess like one of my favorite moments uh oh I, I don't know it was i always like seeing lucian like prey on people that was mm-hmm. always really fun yeah so like uh like the scene with 
uh, and I talked about this with David in our little questionnaire bit, but one of my mm-hmm. big highlights for the whole season was when uh, everybody kind of like got caught up in the bathroom at homecoming. Mm. So like, you know, the dirty, you know, teen sex or whatever that was happening, <laughs> like that was fine. But then like right. the aftermath when everybody was there was really like chaotic and uh, and gross and, and yeah. just a lot of fun. And I thought, and just the... Uh, having that moment where Lucy, <laughs> like, like, you know, Riley's like pushing fragile little Lucian around and, yeah. uh, and Lucian's just, and then like Autumn gets in front of him. She's like, stop it. And Lucian's like, I don't need your help. Yeah. I know that was really, that was a perfect teenage <laughs> yeah. moment. I know. What an idiot. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, so that was like one of my favorite, that was like one of my favorite bits. Um, and then anytime Lucian just like got his ass kicked a little bit, that was always really fun. Cause it he definitely fun. deserves it. Oh, We'll see. You know, a little bit. Uh, he's not a good guy. <laughs> no, he's not. We'll find out. We'll find out more, you yeah. know, with time. But with yeah, time. vampires are always um, tricky. You know? Yes. Yeah. You never know. Like sometimes you do feel sorry for them. And other times you're like, you are a son of a bitch. So yeah. I, I, I did like <laughs> I did like making uh, David feel sorry for Lucian. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was really, really well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rainy or Santi, what was your personal character highlight that you really were was happy about? Go for it. Oh, you're just gesturing. Okay, fine. Um uh, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I don't know, it's such a uh group game. I don't tend to think about like highlights in that way for myself um I liked I liked going into the well mm-hmm. that was fun I thought that was a good place to um kind of stretch who Lenore was and how she responds to things mm-hmm. um I also no matter what any of the, like the hardcore rules sticklers say I like that you let me drive people around um and possess that. people that's always fun why um, can't a so... ghost but ghosts possess things period <laughs> that's what they do period um, you know we just yeah. you know redefined like it's our definition of inanimate whatever hello hello if you're not if a human body is not moving it is inanimate period <laughs> but yeah so i i like those things cool i love those things too santi what's what are you thinking about I really liked Riley and Lenore's time after they fucked shit up at the chateau at the chateau and they were like leaving with the 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 box and all of that and then oh. the, the transformation under the street light and everything oh. and then just telling Lenore to book it. That was probably my, my favorite highlight. Nice uh for Riley. Oh my god. That whole episode still is to me my fave. I mean, every episode's my favorite for different reasons, but that one was just so fun because mm, things were just kind of clicking into uh-huh, interesting. Um, I think uh, <laughs> drag them. So basically, what was going on is like that was when I finally kind of clicked and was remi- remembered. It took I don't know seven episodes <laughs> from sessions to finally be like, oh yeah, that's how I'm supposed to be emceeing. So it was nice to be able to have that breakthrough at that point and then you know and then I could be my best possible self for the rest of you um when we reconvene together so um character highlights for each of you okay really quickly so um for autumn I feel like um 
anytime you were um, like pining were, were my favorite moments. Anytime you're like, oh, where's Lucien? And like, oh, where's this person? And where's that? I love that. That's just so good. So good to me. Um, let's see here. For Lenore, I loved your, um, I loved your chaotic uh, <laughs> decisions where I was just like, holy balls where where are we what is happening now the well was a particularly chaotic uh choice and but i also liked every time i threw a side character your way you would always interact with them in a very kind way um and really trying to understand like who is this person in front of me right now it's usually a ghost but i i appreciated <laughs> that so that was fun i like gms love npcs give me npcs i will interact with. yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> Um, so for Santi, for Riley, I mean, there's so many good, so many good moments. I loved every time I would be like, you're turning into a werewolf now. You're just like, no, oh no. Like, it's like just catching you. Um, it always felt like, even though you, you knew it was probably coming, um, it was still like always a surprise, which I appreciated, um, you know, seeing your reaction, like, oh shit. <laughs> um, so that was, that was always a highlight every time you transformed. And then for Lucien, so many epic things, but I think, I think the highlight for me was when you were straight up just like on the first day of school, walking up to Adrian <laughs> and being like, you're mine. Let's do this. Going like that whole thing, like blew my mind. And I was like, okay, we're going there. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Let's see if every, how everyone else is feeling. Everyone else is fine with this. Okay. Let's, let's proceed with this. So you set, you set this, um, horny level that was just like mm. very hilarious to me and fun and welcome. And I think <laughs> that was a highlight for me. So thank you. Yeah. So those were but highlights. Yes. For you, do you have a favorite moment as the MC? Like where you just felt like, mm -hmm. yes. I oh, I, I was getting that. into like my favorite moments about you all. Um, yeah. As an MC, <laughs> I, I have to say, I think, I th well, I thought I kind of said it, but it was finally having my breakthrough um, mm. with episode seven and rem remembering like, oh, okay, this yeah. is how much I can relinquish control. And also here's how much I can interpret the rules. <laughs> and, mm. um, and as the MC, I can exert that power. So I guess it's my power moves uh, feeling like I could finally be like, oh, that's my interpretation of what harm is. And we're just going to play it as it as it lies and see what happens. So um, I think those are my those are my favorite moments. But yeah, so so I highlighted your my your, my favorite moments of yours. So I'm going to give you each an opportunity to share a moment of someone else's that you really loved, like a highlight from the from the story that you're like, wow, I really loved X. So who has something in mind first? Well, I can share something okay. really quick. Um, and as like a bonus um, moment, I like that you always tried to make us be in school and we never were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's on next season. I swear. I'm gonna turn it's it into a damn. Up. I'm gonna turn it into a damn boarding school because like <laughs> you all need to be in class for the love of God. You yeah, zoom I, out oh. on that owl gif where you're taking the little owls out and putting them by the burrow That's and, right. and, like, and then show them the just like yeah. going out the other end somewhere. Just know, like immediately like, oh. you're like, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's very much like it was very herding cats. It was very like chicks that are like little fluffy chicks that are everywhere, just kind of going, oh, then that now they're there. Now they're there. Uh yeah. So I tried. I tried. But um, yes. But I think to me, like a cool character highlight is like we all went through 
many times with our lovely dice rolls and things that happened <laughs> with um, going into darkest self mm-hmm. to the point where it became like kind of the joke that autumn was never darkest self. Um, yeah. And then when autumn hit darkest self, like that was the turning point for the season going into resolution. Cause mm-hmm. it's totally. like, none of us can handle mm-hmm. <laughs> dark autumn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like dark Phoenix. Yeah, it is very yeah. much that. She is yeah. the strongest of the monster mutants. And, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really crazy to watch mm-hmm. just like once autumn hit darkest self, how uh, just like how powerful autumn actually was. Oh yeah. And you know, Scary. like, yeah. Like, you know, vampires preying on kids and werewolves like busting out right. all over town and, you know, the ghost possessing everybody. It's like, we're all of a sudden overshadowed by like this teenage girl who's well, going to go rat on us to the cops. <laughs> to David's credit, the way that he plays Autumn, yeah. even when Autumn is in darkest self, all of the monsters still were trying to help her. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, They're still focused on her. Absolutely. Oh, until we weren't. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true. Until but, it was like, help me hide this body. Right. <laughs> it like an accident. Let's get rid of the evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh but I mean, gosh. it just like, yeah, Autumn was such a cool character, but just the fact that like, even though she was kind of like a central piece to every puzzle, like, the way David was able to weave Autumn into the story, like as soon as he did get that trigger, like oh, everything <laughs> started falling into place. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. I mean, I and we'll we're gonna talk mechanics shortly, but I do feel like that is intentional in the way the skin's designed. I feel like some skins are designed that your darkest self should be going off like every two to three sessions, <clears throat> werewolf. And others <laughs> are <laughs> others are like maybe once in a campaign. Yeah. You know, mm. And mortals definitely that. Mortal to me seems like that's the thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's another? Who else wants to share something they like from someone else's? Speaking of werewolf. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to <laughs> give props to oh, Sandy yeah. for how he played um, the werewolf part definitely. of Riley. Both Absolutely. out of uh, werewolf form and in werewolf form. And, and we talked about this in our one on one where. You know, he said he was being very intentional and not making it like a lupine from (laughs) Werewolf the Apocalypse. And I will say, like, like it's funny because like some Monster Hearts groups, I think, uh, depending on the skins, you'll tend to have more like body horror or or gross out horror, and then other ones will be like more kind of intellectual horror. And -hmm. I feel like we didn't have a lot of gross out moments, but every time Riley transformed, especially like with each. With each transformation, as Santi kind of figured out, like, what does this look like? Like, by the end, it was stomach churning for me. I was just like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and I love it. Good. This is, like, this is like some Rick Baker, you know, 1980s yeah. werewolf movie. Yeah. Makeup effect kind of thing. Where you could just see the latex, you know, appliques peeling Ooh, off. Definitely. Or stretched mm-hmm. by some pneumatic device, you know, or something. <laughs> it's you know? good. It, was, it yeah. made it good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is not World of Darkness Babies. Like Monster Hearts is not World of Darkness Babies. Like no. it's, we just have to, you have to, you, you have so much room to, mm-hmm. to be creative, which I think is great. And that's what, def, that's what Santi always brought every time with every transformation. It was always, it always felt unique and new, even though it was the same thing. So Yeah, I really loved just, um, <laughs> I, I loved that it was almost like Riley had like his own subplot 
mm-hmm. of like this thing that like he was going through. And it was, mm-hmm. it was very much like, I don't know. At first I think it was kind of in the background and then like it slowly became like more and more in the foreground of like Riley's struggle with understanding who he was and gaining control of that and understanding his power. And then finally like being one, like unapologetically Riley. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, just like seeing that arc through the campaign was really satisfying and, uh, and a lot of fun. So big, big bravo, Santiago. You did a great job. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I was totally in love with that first interaction between Lucian and Adrian. I fucking love that shit. Thank you. After that session, I was like DMing Kenny. Like, <laughs> this was so. Not, oh my. Not in that DMs. way, bro. Sliding my DMs. into Kenny's DMs. <laughs> like, hey. Save the date. It's uh, right. September. Um, no. no oh, my just, birthday? <laughs> two weddings in September. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on rainy's birthday that's what we're doing for your birthday this year (laughs) um no just just to talk about how vivid that was in my imagination oh yeah i I often tend to to do that i'll just trip out on stuff and i'll just start seeing it play out in a big bad cinematic way Mm. when something resonates like that and and I was like sending pictures of like this is what I imagine Adrian was seeing, and I just, like, oh. just all of it. I was seeing the whole thing. It was really Rainy. vivid and yeah. awesome. And huh. I had my fingers down my boxers and everything. Oh. <laughs> well, it was the crop preserver really? That's true. Yeah. It was yeah. I, I don't wear it. Stagnate. Yeah. You have to. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. Spread it around. <laughs> right, right, right. Like fertilizer. So, but yeah. So like like being able to capture that. It was a very, it was very striking. I think it, it definitely made an impression on me. I was like, okay, okay. Well, it, yeah, yeah. It also set the tone, I think, of Lucin as uh, a predator. You know, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when that stall door came open, you know, I saw yeah. Lucian like waiting for Adrian. Not like a surprise, not like, oh, oh no. I didn't see you there. But like waiting, like yeah. knowing they were coming, expecting that to happen. Adrian shocked of someone, because you don't usually expect to open a stall door and have someone like, in your face waiting God, hope, for you hopefully ready. not and then right <laughs> depends on what situation you're in honestly well, though true, true. Mm-hmm. but for the most part and right. then the way that like lucian just like snatched adrian and like shoved him up against the wall and all that kind of stuff it was it was very like mantis like almost it was just mm-hmm. like whip crack fast like the way it went zero to a hundred was fantastic mm-hmm. and that's that's why i love that uh that highlight that's definitely a trailer moment thank you uh for me nice was there anything else that stood out to anybody you want to share i like i mean i i know that kenny's flavor of vampire was very dark self most of the time and that's why to me it felt like um lucine's darkest self was much more like self-destructive like mm-hmm. lucine created chaos when he was inwardly focused and everyone else had to react to it in a way mm-hmm. like that's like where Lucien became so dark is when like mm-hmm. he lost sight of everyone else mm-hmm. um and like I just really liked the way 
that Lucien played out in those moments where like, really like you got the, as a character, Lucien was really just trying to hurt himself um, and not seeing like the ripples of that everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was really fun to play off of as well. Thank you. I'm glad you guys see these things because I don't, I, I literally, I don't know. I don't know how it, I don't know how it plays out. I'm just like, it's it sounds it sounds more deep and intentional when you guys talk about it like if you if you were to ask well, me like, you're oh, just channeling, channeling. Like, you're channeling that's what yeah, i'm talking right. about like okay like you're in terms of that i mean yeah i mean i feel like that if you're not aware i mean there's a difference between a lack of self-awareness and then like just kind of going with your gut and like this is what this is what it's telling me to do Mm-hmm. I'm going to just let it flow and see what happens. And so and sometimes like after the fact or like re-listen, like I, if you asked me to like recount any of my like visions that I was presenting to y'all, I wouldn't mm. be able to tell you. Mm. I'm just like having that creative process flow through me. And then I re-listen, I go, oh, that was pretty good. I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird or whatever. But it's just like, yeah. So it shouldn't be intentional because then it's not, I don't think it's as creative or interesting. So, yeah. yeah. I will say I really loved I mean, obviously, like most of the campaign, most of the season was about like, well, to me, I guess, was Lucian and Autumn's like bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of my like favorite moments were when Lucian was with Lenore. Mm-hmm. Like, I love those. Yeah. The whole like when Lucian got like his ass kicked by like Riley's uncle and then like. <laughs> That's so good. I yeah, love that. Lenore had to come into like Lucian's weird like labyrinth mind palace. It was all crumbling and mm-hmm. you know things are falling upward and Lenore is there like unlocking this kind of like deep hurt that Lucian is in. And mm-hmm. I think all of that was just like so much fun. And it and it was it just like had this extra deep layer of like, you know, the fact that like Lucian is like with Lenore's like you know, former lover or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there was like this contentious, almost like a rivalry kind of thing. But uh, also at the same time, I don't know, I, I like, I feel like Lucian just had like a deep respect for Lenore and um, obviously was interested and, you know, he'll, he'll, yeah. he's and I only know that because you said the meanest things to me. So right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> I think I think it's like fundamentally it comes down to like you're you're both monsters. Mm-hmm. Like you're monsters and you have that to bond over. And that's yeah. something that you both know that you have vulnerabilities that that you can help each other as you're moving through yeah. in this mm-hmm. weird reality. Indicative of uh, Lucin's dichotomy that I think was really uh played up really well by Kenny with that, that inner struggle of like, I don't care if you hate me because you can't possibly hate me as much as I hate myself. And Mm -hmm. I also want the world to feel all of this that I'm feeling. I want to inflict on the world as kind of a balm for the, the, this, the pain that I have and, and this like kind of turning between those and switching around between them you know that was just really on display really well and i think that that's like kind of an example of that yeah and i and i think that was like uh well thank you guys all first of all for hyping me up so hard but also mm-hmm. um that's like what i loved about the last few episodes 
uh, with Lucian and Riley because like Lucian doesn't really have any friends. He just has like people that he's fucking and uh, you know, like people that he he preys on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then like when, and Riley and, Riley and Lucian tried that, but then there was like this weird, like daddy dumb, like our teeth are hitting each other. And <laughs> you know, like, we're like, okay, we're like, our power levels are the same. So what's going on? <laughs> and then like, it's weird. But then we became like, like we started seeing the like the bromance, mm-hmm. you know, of Lucian mm-hmm. finally being like, oh, like I can actually have like a friend. And mm-hmm. I think that's where, like with Riley, it, it, I don't know, something about that hit really hard with with me i thought it was really cool to see i like that too and i think it also could open up the possibility possibly you know for lucine to make other friends like oh i could maybe make other friends mm, no <laughs> definitely not <laughs> yeah we'll see about that <laughs> hey if you want him to be painting stuff you're gonna make some damn friends okay oh that's so, true he's uh, yeah he's a hobbyist yeah. now <laughs> All yeah. right. Uh, was there you anything just really else? leaned into yeah. just play yourself there? So. Yeah, yeah. All good. All just good. Listen. His whole shelf is just solo games. <laughs> oh my god, I would believe it. I, I that's yeah. not out of the realm of possibilities. So, True. okay. Um. All right. So, what influences and briefly, like, so what influences did you draw upon when playing your characters? Like, what were your main influences um, for your for your characters, and then for me for running. Um, I guess it could go first um, in terms of running everything. So the thing, main things that influenced me aside from knowing that it's like, you know, based on the vampire diaries, that's like a series that I actually enjoy and all of it's really cool. Like there's some really great moments in vampire diaries. I'm just going to say really fun, rewarding, interesting moments in the series. Others where you're like, really, but most of it's great. Um, so I got vampire diaries going on. I got, you know, I always have true blood in the back of my mind. I have, um, Degrassi, the next generation, um, which is, I'm sorry. It's one of the best teen series. It's so great. It's so ridiculous. It's so dramatic, but it's also fun. And if you haven't watched any Degrassi, all 14 seasons, are available somewhere. So find them and watch them. If you like teen drama, I love teen drama. That's all I'm going to say. And then uh, the other thing is just um, the influences are just all of your personalities. I mean, just the way that you all are and the way that you show up, that's what influences me um, to, to bring it and just to, to find out what, you know, you just listening to you all and just like trying to understand you as people um, and what appeals to you and what doesn't appeal. So those are my main influences. So David, what's your influences for uh, playing Autumn? Um, Largely the same because we consumed the same media. We (laughs) do, although not Vampire Diaries. I mean, you don't really, you were kind of, you tapped out after like season two. Yeah, but no, no, no. I I, I hung in there for longer than that. No, you would just walk in the room and be like, what season is this? What's going on? And then I would tell you and you'd be like, oh, okay. I'm trying to, I think I actually got through season five or six, honestly, because I, I was there through the whole originals thing and all that. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Whole other, whole other conversation. Yeah. So it was. Um, Degrassi, it was, Vampire Diaries. It was Vampire Diaries for sure, because I was definitely channeling some stuff about Elena from yeah. Mortal on Vampire mm-hmm. Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um also uh music for me you know like i i 
workshopped a playlist into oblivion like yeah. over the course of like six weeks or something oh, yes. until i had it like absolutely perfect but mm -hmm. like knowing what music my character because with the mortal it's like they're a human being right they're not a monster they're just like an average well, schmo and mm -hmm. so uh you have to like ground them in that reality you know so it's like okay what music does she listen to you know mm -hmm. and and then that kind of told me who this character was you mm -hmm. know um, and since, you know, I was going for like more of the, you know, and that was something else I was like, is this like the sort of bright, sunny, smiley mortal character or are they kind of a little darker? So once I decided to go with the darker thing, it was like, okay, that determined like what kind of music I'm picking and I, I'll leave it to Rainy maybe to talk more about GIF usage, but also... <laughs> <laughs> uh, since we cast our characters using real actors or, you know, entertainment professionals, I guess you could mm -hmm. say, uh, you know, finding gifts of that person was very helpful as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Rainy, do you want to go next? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess original influences, like once I kind of locked in on the name Lenore, it is like two parts. I mean, the obvious one is, I mean, Lenore is a poem about mm -hmm. a girl who dies. Yeah. Um, a dirge for her, the doubly dead and that she died so young. Um, <laughs> and, but also growing up, like being a big fan of like weird comics, um, Lenore, the cute little dead girl is a comic mm -hmm. um, by Roman Dirge. And, um, and so like kind of that as well, it's sort of, that dark humor, creepy part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that gave me kind of that launching point. And then like David was saying, like once she was cast <laughs> um, and I like the, I, okay. So I cast Lenore using Aurora, who's a singer um, who is very like, and I would say kind of like me, like facially animated, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which Definitely. allowed her, because I knew I would needed a balance of her being kind of like fun, but when I needed to getting gross or creepy or, I mean, she's like this stalker weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you should not like her for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um and so like having that balance is something I really wanted to make her a character that was still like that people wanted to be in the game with them. Um, and so, and then it like just the fun of David and I being able to like have little character gift battles where we reacted <laughs> to each other. Was, yeah. Um, just like the side game. Of yeah. The game. So it's true. Very yeah. true. The silent war. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santi, what was what were some influences with Riley? I don't want to get too Netflixy, I guess. <laughs> but, but okay, number one, first and foremost, for the werewolf, love death and robots, the shapeshifters episode. It is 20 minutes. You have 20 minutes in your life. You can watch it. It's there. <laughs> Anytime everyone has Netflix or someone else's login, you have no excuse. I'm not recommending six seasons of some series or whatever. Go watch this for the rest of your life. It's 20 minutes. So I highly recommend it. It's fucking awesome. And uh -huh. it's such a good, like fully realized encapsulated story, right? For that uh -huh. one little um, 
vignette in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Reservation Dogs. Mm-hmm. Love that show. And it really informed, I think, a lot of Riley's home life, I think, um, to kind of give me a little insight into what that might be like, you know, mm-hmm. living that, that kind of life. Um, and of course, music in Riley's open mic nights, I think were a huge oh, yeah. uh, influence in how he played out, how he expressed himself, how he expressed the like trying to figure myself out kind of thing. And then, um, then as far as the teen drama side of it is mostly uh, Buffy and Vampire Diaries. I didn't mm-hmm. get too deep into it, but I like started. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I got enough to where yeah, I exactly. could like, yeah. you know, do that. And like in the opening series and stuff like that, they have like the party with the bonfires and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that really, I think, informed a lot of the stuff that we ended up playing out. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, pretty awesome, I think. Yeah. And uh Gosh, that's really about it for my, my yeah. main influence for just for, for trying to channel Riley Brightwater. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Kenny, what are some of your influences you feel? Mm. <laughs> uh, you don't so have to have a lot or when, any. Well, when when Lucian would fight, it was yeah. very like anime influenced, you know, channeling yeah. things like Helsing yeah. and Vampire Hunter D a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I have a terrible memory, so I don't know. I, I think we may have, I may have said this before, but Lucian, because I'm so unfamiliar with the supernatural or teen drama, uh, Lucian is. We'll say supernatural teen, not the fucking right. series supernatural. I want nothing to oh, do yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not interested in any of that. Okay. Just uh, for the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Zero, right. In, zero interest. <laughs> zero. How do you really feel about that? I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, least, supernatural teen drama. Yeah, I have no, I have very little reference for it. So um, Lucian, as uh, dark or weird as this sounds, is essentially Kenny Unleashed. This is, uh, he is basic. Yeah, he's. You don't I know. say. You don't say. These are the worst. We I mean, all know that, that, by the way. So it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's okay, not shocking. Yeah. We're not surprised. Yeah. There's a reason I gave Lucy in my birthday, and yeah. because I was like, I don't know how to play Lucy, and so I'm just gonna be the worst version of myself. Lucy, <laughs> Lucy is Kenny's darkest self. <laughs> so very meta. Love yeah. That's yeah. Kinda, and, and then it somehow worked out. I guess it did work out. For sure. It's okay. Out. It did work out. Okay. Well, that's cool. So yeah, so those are some of our influences, but everybody's going to be different. You know, like if, if it's, let's say like, let's say Stranger Things really influences you, like in terms of your, mm-hmm. your Monster Hearts campaign, go nuts. Like whatever it is, you pull upon all of these different things and resources as you're running any kind of game. And so I just think it's interesting to hear like what's going on in your mind, even if it's like, what if I was a major trash bag? I'm going to play myself as that. That's a totally, that's completely viable way to do it too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think when it comes to like influences and stuff like that, like for me personally, and this may reflect on some of our listeners, um, but like, I typically don't try to, I typically very rarely will I pull reference from a certain character or or something for like a whole personality. Mm -hmm. Instead, I will, uh, I typically just play myself, but I pull reference into the scenes that they're in. And I try to just, you know what I'm saying? Like I pull yeah. reference into the scene and to the, uh, 
that they're in. Right. Um, like with Lucy, like we talked earlier about like Lucian's mind palace or whatever, like I was channeling labyrinth there, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, mm. you know, a bunch of other weird shit. Like I, I channel all yeah. the, you know, 1987's smash hit the lost boys. Scariest movie ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, you know, all this stuff. It, like I pull reference from all the pop culture that I like into the scene, not necessarily into Lucian. Right. Um, yeah. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because a lot of this is getting more into kind of the like performance elements of, of role playing and like, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? How do you, how do you develop a character? You know, how do, how do actors do that? There's so many different ways that people approach characters when they're performing them on screen or on stage or whatever. So it's just interesting just because role playing games are an opportunity to do that in a, in a way. And so yeah. knowing all of your different influences and how you get, you just, you know, you get there, but everybody gets there in different ways. So it's just interesting to hear. So, all right. So we're going to move into the um, general thoughts on the system. And, and then also there was a question David had, um, but your general thoughts on the system, because most of you um, are not necessarily like always playing story games. Um, and it's, some of this is new and some of it is, you know, a little bit, familiar but i'm curious how did you feel about playing in this type of a system general thoughts on that well unlike our cyberpunk postmortem i don't think we're gonna have a lot of bad things to say (laughs) but uh anyway constructive it was constructive it was constructive 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 yes that's it that's it constructive bitching that's Mm -hmm. right um yeah no i i um uh, i always enjoy powered by the apocalypse i think it's a good system i know some people have issues with it it's, it's not in, perfect it's not perfect it, it, and it's interesting no system is no it's true it is interesting how the uh system is constructed in a certain way so that like certain interactions just don't don't really enter into the mechanics of the game which is very interesting you know like in terms of uh if it's outside of physical violence, emotional violence, or, um, you know, just emotions in general. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's up to you, however you want to do it, you know? <laughs> so it does put a lot of burden on the MC, I think, you know, in terms of how do you- What do you mean? How do you resolve certain actions that maybe are not, don't fall under one of the moves, you know? Yeah, that's a ch- well, that's where the creativity comes in. And that's and, where, um, you know, oh. Yeah, and, and sorry, I was just going to say, and-, and other Powered by the Apocalypse games talk about hard moves versus soft moves and soft moves kind of being like, that's when the MC can kind of take the reins and dictate what's happening in this moment. And it's weird to me that Monster Hearts does not talk about soft moves. It only talks about hard moves. Uh, but that's that's just my outsider opinion, having never run Monster Hearts. So I don't know, you know, but other than that, I think uh, for me personally, when I found that that nerdy website that showed probabilities and how probabilities shift <laughs> based on whether you have a bonus or a penalty right. that really actually helped me uh, kind of figure out how to evaluate whether I wanted to do a move or not. And it's not always clear, like when you're dealing with a, a 2d6 bell curve, <laughs> you know, like what kind of odds you're dealing with and how drastically they could be shifted even between a minus one and a zero. Uh, I think yeah. it's very interesting. So it was just some general observations. I'm not really going anywhere with any of that. Uh, good feedback, David. 
Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to leave that long pause in. I'm not going to edit that. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I would... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess when it comes to story games and when it comes to Powered by the Apocalypse games, they are very fun um, because I think what's fun about them is that they force you to put your character in uh, unfavorable circumstances, which is good. And I think a lot of a lot of role players or people who are playing the role playing games, they don't they don't want to do that. They don't want to put their character in a risky situation, right? They want to, they want to do all the dope shit, but they don't want to, uh, they don't want to like risk anything afterwards or during even, mm. they just want to mm. pull off like the ultimate, like badass move. Heist. Yeah, exactly. And like nothing bad goes wrong, which is like fine, but boring, you know, like that's that the fun is when, you know, I think about the uh, master class that is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, constantly, Indy is fucking up. He's always in a bad situation. He, mm-hmm. he, he mostly, you know, gets away, but, like, he's losing shit. He's getting blown up. He's, you know, like, ducking under. Play- you know, all of the bad shit is also happening. Mm-hmm. And that's all the fun stuff. Uh, and when powered by the apocalypse is like chances are you know on a seven to nine or whatever on your 2d6 you're gonna be uh put it chew you know pick your poison you're gonna have Mm -hmm. to give yourself away give somebody some mechanical bonus over you and put yourself in a precarious situation either right there on the spot or later on down the road right so i think that's always good um, yeah. And I think that's just a great little system. It's good. To, it's it's easy to see how uh, Powered by the Apocalypse got hyped up for so long to the point of oversaturation, hmm. um, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, I, I I just think it's uh, it's great, and it does it does push the GM and the players into these kind of like creative hot spots where um, you know like when uh when lucian and marcel were like fighting in the you know it was like it, we we're just like sitting there like spamming you know <laughs> volatile volatile right. volatile volatile and it's like right. it's like it's, it's not a game that's like meant to be like combat heavy in a way that we are used to as role players obviously so like really it could have just been like you roll volatile and i roll volatile i guess and then or maybe just one, like I roll volatile, and that determines the entire fight. Mm-hmm. That uh, could. In that case, know. it was. I was curious how far to push it, and then there was a consequence where the chateau was taken from you. So, right. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, so, and I think it worked so. out, and it was like uh, as like as mundane as the mechanics were, and kind mm-hmm. of unexciting as like mm-hmm. volatile, volatile, um, as like whack as that was. The narrative was really cool. And like, mm-hmm. it was great to see Lucian not be good at volatile, just constantly get his ass kicked um, and be like, <laughs> you know, his darkest self, like flipping on and off like a light switch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then learning but, some things too, right? Yeah. Learning yeah, things exactly. about the characters and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Pretty interesting. I'm, you know, obviously not mad about it. I, I don't think that Monster Hearts is a game that I would want to play forever. 
because mm-hmm. eventually it would just lose its charm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know. It, it's just like, I don't think it's a game where you could play it nonstop for years. I think you should do what the game tells you to do. Mm-hmm. Raw rules is written. Go yeah. play something else for a little while. Yeah. Um, because you know, that, that lets you come back to the, with the, with fresh eyes and a re- rejuvenated, uh, sense totally. of time to get into teen drama. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I could play a powered by the apocalypse system, like, uh, you know, eternally. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to go, I wouldn't want to go from monster hearts to apocalypse world to root the role-playing game and then back to monster hearts. I'd be like, all right, let's change it up somehow you know because mm-hmm. i don't know i just think if it was continuous i'd probably it would get stale yeah but yeah, yeah that's my thoughts that's my thoughts. thank you thanks any other thoughts about the system um in the confessional with david which sounds like a weird thing to say I know, um uh i brought up that like one of the things i appreciate about the system as a player especially since I historically haven't played as often. It's literally one reference sheet that tells me everything I can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really friendly to just be able to be like, all right, here's the types of things that happen if I need to like do a thing, but otherwise like we're just telling a story together Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of thing. Um, And so it makes it really easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. So kind of conversely to what Kenny's saying, I understand not wanting to play Monster Hearts forever. I think that would just be a lot of like, yeah. it's something that requires a rest in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can get really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it would be interesting just because having that underlying like simple rule set would make it kind of cool like thinking about it as like a game running thing to be like, cool, hop into another like pub to game like see it like that lead time wouldn't need to be as high but yeah. like you're playing something genre wise that feels different like I, I can see how that would be attractive in a lot of ways mm-hmm. although I haven't played any other ones I'm familiar with some but I haven't played any other ones so who knows if they're actually any good maybe this is the only good one <laughs> no I, <laughs> I would say having played a couple I, I think they all have a very specific feel mm. so it's like it is feels like switching the channel on a tv um because you're just like oh okay here's a girl gang group uh of sh- right. show here's a or, show or about like they're all um they're all movies from like a24 like one of those like boutique movie right. houses where it's like they have a particular feel but they're also very different from each other yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah any other thoughts on the system i would also say real quick um that one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to play Monster Hearts forever is because it is inherently like PvP light. Like you're constantly at odds. What's that acronym? Uh, player versus player. Okay. So you're you're constantly at odds and creating, you know, pulling strings and yeah. trying to kind of like maybe maybe manipulate here and there, like yeah your fellow players uh, and stuff like that. And I think it takes a very special kind of group to uh, play that well Mm -hmm. without making people feel weird or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's nice to just be like, oh no, we're actually like all on the same team and we're not trying to like pull power dynamics on each other. Mm. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, as much as you're trying to like 
pull strings. Some of those are for good reasons. You know, I mean, not everyone has mm-hmm. toxic relationships like you and David. Right. Um, <laughs> some people actually have good relationships. And so oh. you, that, that would show itself in another way. So yeah, but I think, I think regardless, it's, it's still, it, it's takes a lot of emotional investment, right. It takes a lot of emotional investment and, and then the willingness to play those, um, those dynamics. Any other system thoughts? Santi, do you have anything to add about that or? Just on that note, um, just kind of jumping off of what Kenny was saying, I touched mm-hmm. on this um, talking to David, but that's that's what I love about it. And I think that the other side of that coin is that it, it helps you step outside of yourself. It helps you um, revert to a more uh, childlike type of play where you, you just kind of like play like I did this and then play like I did that. And like that, that's where the magic happens in this system. I think for me, at least is mm-hmm. for just little moments, you are 10 years old in your backyard with your friends and sticks and you're just, you know, you're beaten up imaginary bad guys, but you're also like, you know, interacting with each other. And sometimes like one of you, like, you know, we'll get like force choked or like force pushed and you'll roll with it. Other times you'll be like, no, and you'll counter it. You know, sometimes they'll be like, you know, your, your, your buddy, you'll like pew pew at you and you'll be like, kapwing, kapwing. I have a force field, you know, and other times you're just like, boom. Oh, you're like <laughs> I fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That super organic rough and tumble like collaborative headspace play. I think the system fosters that. Mm-hmm. And that I think is that that's, that's the real beauty of it. That's core. That's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the system. And I think that um, getting in touch with that is where you like start to be able to roll with the, that constant, like, you know, attention to that. And I think this would make a really good, because you brought up Stranger Things. I think that mm-hmm. this would make a really, that, that would make a really good type of storyline for a system like this, where there's an overarching something that you mm-hmm. as, a, as a dysfunctional at odds fucked up group that's always fighting with each other is is yet trying to come together to overcome. Right. Would be pretty cool to play. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's room for that. So why don't we take like a little five minute break and then we'll resume. We just have two more questions left. One about failing and then one about how are you going to top yourself? So mm. horny. Mm. I mean, not everyone <laughs> took the opportunity to have a second character to top themselves. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so some of you are going to have to just top your damn selves, but yes, we'll, we'll get and, there. And, just and, like, oh. and I want you, I want to hear your thoughts on how you would advise other people who want to run monster hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe oh. Rainy as well. Right. Rainy oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, thank you, David. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's some people in this very group who would like to hear your thoughts since they want to run monster hearts themselves. Oh. All's coming from inside the house. No. <laughs> All right. Five minutes. Five minutes. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. All right, here we go. Um, wow. Now you're all quiet. Now you're all like acting as though yeah. like nothing was the going on. We'll never Jesus know how Christ. difficult we are to wrangle. Oh those my parts God. Are cut out. This is like he- hearing recording in progress is like the teacher walking back in the room. And yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I got to talk. So turning the lights off. 
<laughs> Flicking it <laughs> off and on, baby. All right. So, is failing fun in the game? Do y'all like failing? So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I put that question on there because certain of my professional colleagues who shall remain unnamed feel like since you fail on a six or less and by definition on a 2d6 bell curve that's 50 percent of the time that failing half the time you roll the dice isn't any fun now i think they're failing i have a to comment take, i have a very strong comment they're failing to take into account the fact that you can stack the odds in your favor by rolling trying to roll stats that you have bonuses in and also burning strings and and you know invoking conditions and i think that you are intended to do that however I can't be denied, as episode six proved, that sometimes in Powered by the Apocalypse, you fail and you fail and you fail again. So the question is, is that actually a fun experience for people? Y'all are players. I'm going to let you take the floor first on this because I have very strong comments about this. Yes. It depends. (laughs) No. What? Different opinion. Wait, David, wait. But David, what's your you just did a mouthful of popcorn? How dare you? So okay, before we get into yes, no, it depends. I'm gonna say anyone who has a problem with failing, anyone who has a problem with failing in any of these games, you don't have a good MC. That's all I'm gonna say. You don't have a good MC. It depends. Yeah, I agree. That's why it depends. Because if so, you're yeah, punished for failing, then it fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, it sucks. But if a failure is just a, you know, you go to this, the story's going along. Boom, here's this point, and now that failure is just a turning point. The story is just taking a different direction. That's right. If that's what that is, then yeah, it can be brilliant and all kinds of fun. If it's the like MC going on this like power trip of oh, now I get to fuck you over, you know, then then that sucks. I wouldn't play a game in a game like that because yeah. I, I would have just a huge problem. I, I, I would, yeah, yeah, I would lose my shit yeah. in that situation. That's why, why he doesn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> why Rainy no longer runs. All right, so Rainy, you said yes, so I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, tell me. Well, I think it's two things. Like one, even for the more like structural, like rules-focused sort of person, mm-hmm. mechanically failure allows you to level up. So yes. you have a reward for it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so even when you're on one of those just like streaks of fuckery, you're yep. like, ooh, and now I get a new power That's or right. whatever. So there's that. But also in line with what Santi is saying, like failing just gives you an excuse for something weirder or like grosser or like more exciting to happen. Like it just shifts the story into an interesting lane Mm -hmm. from maybe where it was going. Um, And so I think it's fun. I agree. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny, you said no. Oh yeah. If just two seconds real sure. quick it could yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. be like a whole like i'm gonna try this and if that doesn't work well then i'm gonna try that right and you know you can be in a lot of situations with a lot of different skins or i'm gonna roll cold i'm not good at cold but you really want me to do well on this because if i don't then i'm gonna roll with volatile and we're gonna be in that box right and you know i, yeah. I like that mechanic as well i agree so Kenny, you said no. I don't know if you're just trying to be spicy on purpose or if you're crabby right now. But so why did you say no? I said no because I thought I'd complete the triumvirate, honestly. Oh. But 
<laughs> but he needs a nap. He needs a little nap. He does. I think he does. I do. I need a little nappy. Yeah, he does. Um, which isn't okay. Uh, but so I would say I would say no though. I would make a case for no. Why? Uh, I would make a case for uh yes, and it depends as well. Whatever makes you guys happy. But I will say <laughs> I told you to stop that. <laughs> what would make me happy is you not saying that. Okay. So I, yeah, why I would conflicted because like his service bottom energy. Yeah. Is it's like, really, it's out of control today. To. I'm, yeah. I'm really just trying to, yeah. I was trying, trying to, to hack the system everybody. a little bit there. <laughs> it would please me to stop you trying to please everybody. So it's cute. Okay. So Ooh. no, because. <laughs> uh, no, because sometimes it is fucking frustrating. Uh, yeah. Like there were times where I was like, I mean, you a minus one doesn't yeah. seem like that big of a deal until Oof. you're trying to beat somebody's ass and your volatile is minus one. You have no strings or any abilities that like right. let you go to even zero. I'll take right. a zero, but a minus one is fucking brutal. Uh, so yeah, there was times when I was like, oh man, I can't wait to like bust down this you know fucking door and kill this dude, and then mm-hmm. have some like dramatic. Uh, you know, tension between Riley and Lucy and, and just ended up getting my ass totally handed to me for fucking ever. Um, and, uh, you know, how many roles did Lucian make, you know, volatile? He failed every single one of them. He didn't. Yeah. I don't think he made one single volatile role. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And so it's so it is frustrating when it's like, like uh, my, the only course of action that I want Lucian to take right now is violence because i want him to be like the big scary like i want him to be a scary you know violent vampire right now but really uh he i towards the end of the season i was like i was like you know lucian's not really a big scary vampire that's not his job his job is to be like an emotional vampire Mm -hmm. and somebody who's wait yeah yeah (laughs) Keep going. I want you to be really careful about you say that. <laughs> <laughs> because Use that's your words, what careful. I know. Because that's what his mechanics are geared towards. Right. Having a minus one volatile tells you that yeah. he is not supposed to be out there wrecking people. That's the werewolf's job. Right. Um, the vampire is supposed to be hot and and or cold and or dark or whatever. Right. So being able to just be like. And that's further informed by the sex move of the vampire, which is like taking people to the edge and then saying, Mm-mm-mm. no. Right. Right. So that's cool. Goons, like an arch villain too. You have other right. people, you know, beat face motherfuckers. <laughs> right. <laughs> to do that on your behalf. Yeah. If I had like the vampire coterie, like gang option or whatever, maybe that would have been better I, I don't know that wasn't Who knows? It that can is still happen yeah it okay. could happen yeah. but anyways that would be my case for no is that the mechanics will put your skin into a box and it is fucking hard to break out of that box it is yeah. really hard to act against the way that your skin is built to be but you, you mean say. you chose your skin like you get to choose your stats you do but it's like yeah, you get you do get to choose your stats, but is then like there a once volatile you... vampire option. I forgot. No, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think, think they're there volatile. Is. They're not no. volatile. No. Yeah, no. which is like a shame because it would be fun to have like a 
Castlevania style, you know, right. Alucard. You can buy up your stats. Badass. I'm you gonna can. defend it still. You can buy up your stats if you want to have a volatile vampire. Like you there's can. ways to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that all your points are really well taken. Like definitely. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's the that's the argument. Um, I'm just being the the unnamed colleague's advocate here. That's the argument <laughs> is that you should the devil. Uh, <laughs> The devil's your devil um, is that you should be able to play the kind of character you want to play. Fuck that shit. However, sorry, that's fucking overrated. However, fucking overrated. As Kenny is pointing out, the the way the game is at what the game is asking of you is understand this archetype and then play the strengths. Which I I definitely I definitely went on that journey as well. Where like by the end, I was like doing everything in my power to avoid making a shut someone down or lash out physically roll and trying to do as many turn someone on rolls as possible, which, you know, I think somebody even pointed out, is like, you're the mortal. That's what you should be doing. Which is cool, but it's like, it's like, all right, I'm rolling hot again. All right. I'm rolling cold again. Yeah. Sometimes you're right. forced into those situations where you're not allowed. Right. You know, Here's and, and where you're acting against, like I said, like, there were there were moments where Lucy and I was like, he needs to be the violent, destructive force that like I want him to be in this moment. Especially when I was trying to understand darkest self, yeah. Of of everyone is your prey and rare, you're a little feisty. But then like whenever I would try to be feisty, I just get my fucking ass kicked. <laughs> Well, I think you're reading a lot into it. Like, I think that's your interpretation of the character. And I think with the, with the stat blocks, it's like, this is the block. It's like, it's like you're writing a poem, either free verse, or you're writing it within a certain confined, like a haiku. And if it's like, this is a haiku that you're playing, it's going to be the five, seven, five syllable um, format. And that's your challenge as a player that you're saying, okay, I'm going to take this on. There's definitely going to be moments of frustration because you really want to use that word so badly, but it has like four syllables instead of three. And you're like, what am I going to do? How do I make this good? How do I like spin straw into gold? And, you know, and that's, and that's the, that's the crux of it. So if you're not willing, not you, Kenny, but if, if a player isn't willing to go there, and have that adventure for themselves in terms of growing as a player, of course the failures are going to feel annoying as hell. It means you're not playing your character right. It means you're not actually playing to your strengths. And is that interesting? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is interesting, right? If the, yeah. the vampire wants to do this, you're like, and then, but then you learn through those experiences like, oh, I'm trying to be violent and it's not working. What is that telling me about this character? Why isn't this character able to? be violent right now which perhaps reflects the journey of, a, of the adolescent right it's like you exactly. try on different identities yeah. you try on different ways of relating to the world right what works what doesn't work yeah. <laughs> what gets you like slapped down violently you know yeah so um, yeah you know. so anyway i i don't want to like belabor this but um i thought that was an interesting question i again i stand by what i say and also if, if failing is not fun for you then you have a bad mc and you need to find another mc um okay so let's see here really quickly so what would i recommend for first time mcs in terms of getting ready to run the game um if you want to run this game read the horrible rule book the rule book is awfully i mean it's not written very well 
Um, unfortunately, it needs to be edited way more. There's a lot of confusing pieces there. I would say listen to our sessions. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Listen to our sessions. That's how we interpreted the rules. Listen to the session that Rainey ran. That was Rainey's interpretation of the rules and, and how we played it out and another way to approach the game. Uh, I would say that... Um, find the fun things about like, why do you want to run it? You know, like think about why you want to run this. Do you want to tell a story about these teenage monsters? Do you want to really play up the monster pieces? Do you want to really play up the queer pieces? Like what are the things that appeal to you about this game? Um, what else? Understand that um, when you are, you have a select group of people that are willing to, to get weird, but then also that you feel comfortable telling like you're, you're kind of, you're pushing a little too much here. Like, let's bring it back a little bit. Some some players that you don't feel uncomfortable having boundaries with. Um, I, I would say those are my main things. Rainy, what do you think? What would you tell someone who wants to run this? Um, I mean, in a similar vein to what you were saying, I personally, I like, especially if it's a system I'm not as familiar with, I find other people who've played it and I will watch them or listen to them and see what parts I like in their play style or right. not. They'll be like, I don't like it when they do that. Don't yeah. do nothing. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, there is the benefit on the esoteric order of role players that there are multiple MC styles to listen to all in one channel. I know. Um, <laughs> it's true. Very true. But, but there are other people who've played it too that are very different um, yeah. as well. Um, and so definitely don't be afraid to see how other people have approached it because oh, it is yeah. very open-ended. Oh, yeah. Um, and that can be helpful for you to determine your style. And then I agree with you. It's like, it is, it's the right group um, is really important for some of the things that can happen in the game. So either knowing what their limits are so you can make adjustments. Exactly. Or um, if you're not sure if this is even a place they want to or can go, Right. Maybe finding a game that's a stair step in the friendly direction from Monster yeah. Hearts and like dipping your toes in um, to see how they do with that sort of content um, and that sort I of role playing. Yeah, I think World of Darkness. I think if you did something with Chronicles of Darkness, if you wanted to do something that's kind of like with Teenage Monsters, you could probably do something that's a little less. Uh, wow, really going for it there, David, with the popcorn. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> it's celebratory. It yeah. is celebratory. Okay. Thank you, Kenny, for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I'll say, yeah, Rainy, I agree that like, like, yeah, find another, find another game maybe that's similar and see if, 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 horror, if like a horror gaming piece, if the kind of like mm. <laughs> horny role-playing game, uh, <laughs> like uh, you're okay with that. Like, yeah within reason, but like having the right group, I think is important. Or even just storytelling games, like plenty of yeah. players are willing to go dark, but there not as well willing to pick up the narrative pieces. They're used to the GM doing all of those things for Very them. Um, and so, and then as the GM, especially if that's something you're used to, um, it's an exercise in letting your players Restraint. make decisions about the world. Um, uh, because a lot of people are trained anti that and it's yeah. something you have to figure out how to do um for sure so yeah I agree you, you figure it out with time and I know even though I had run it before I I ran it for a different group and so running it for this group really um was a a big lesson in like really oh, tested okay. your limits <laughs> I really did yeah I'm tired uh so I, I feel like um in a good way in a good way 
So yeah, that's what I would give. That's what I would do. And I would just say like, find the like teen horror stuff that you like, you know what I mean? Like, so not only, but see, but you never know where you're going to get it. So another, another of my influences and resources that I, I draw upon would be um, the drag reality show, the Belay Brothers Dragula and um, their special resurrection was particularly influential. The Boulet brothers are a, a team of, of drag queens. They are partners. They are this amazing force for creative, horror, spooky, weird. Um, they are just an amazing, amazingly creative team. And they inspire me so much um, just to bring any kind of like punk rock, gross, weird, fun elements into any kind of horror game that I would ever run. So find the thing that is that for you, you know, and find the game that is that for you. You may not want to play Teen Monsters, but you might want to play another story game where you get to play a bunch of cuddly people on an adventure, right? So like find the thing that's going to be best for you. Uh, that's what I would say. So moving on, our last question, based on your experience with this series, for so for our Monster Hearts The Next Generation Season 1, how are you planning to top yourself as a player or MC next time? Who wants to go first? With great patience, diligence, and flexibility. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> a lot of lube. A lot of lube. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's one of oh. the reasons I, I changed my skin, is that <laughs> um, as much as I, I also had foreseen this arc from the start, um, I think the mortal, you know, it's like, I, there's a reason why most supernatural, you know, spoiler alert for every supernatural teen romance show ever, but there's a what? reason why the mortal almost always ends up getting turned into some other supernatural right. beastie. There's only so much you can really do with that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I am looking forward to, um, exploring this character. I I'm, I'm excited that it's the same character, but that uh, it's someone who's gone through some pretty fundamental and traumatic shifts. So I'm very excited to see like where that leads me. The only like similarity is that uh, this is a, another dark character. So it's like, what's going to be like to have a dark uh, cold character rather than a dark hot character. It's gonna be mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Santi, what are you going to do to up your game for season two? I would really like to reach out to Whoever MCs the next season, be it me. one of you all or me, me. but if it's going to be you, then I would want to reach out to the MC of next season and <laughs> um, just ask about um, like the uh, just ask about the addition of some apocalyptic event, something that embraces <laughs> powered by the apocalypse, not. Not not to play a post-apocalyptic setting, but but in a appending sort of avert the a save the world kind of situation, right? Because with this game, you can't really do a big um yeah. overarching plot. You know what I mean? You're spinning your tires if you if you if you have too much planned, right? You but, can't plan anything, but yeah. Right. The the idea <laughs> that maybe there's, you know, something. And just to talk about that, that's one idea. That okay. I have. And and even if it doesn't come to fruition at all, that's okay. Because mm -hmm. I just think the the conversation would be, mm -hmm. you know, 
worthwhile, <laughs> even if it ends yeah. up totally not influencing the game at all. It's not. I'm, well, I, I mean, feel like we. I, I feel it like we've laid a lot of groundwork for that with all this ocean shit. You know, like I, I feel this exactly. constant. You That's know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to yeah. pick up Santi's uh, ocean phobia, like thalassophobia, right? Because it's just <laughs> like every time I oh, think wild. about that fucking bay and like what's out babies. there, it's like <laughs> babies. Oh my <laughs> shivers. All right, all right. Fine. No, I think that's such a, but so for your character, so I would just say one thing about an apocalyptic thing, like, like teenagerhood, teenagerdom ending and adulthood beginning, that's yeah. an apocalypse Yeah. Um, in and of itself. So um, what, what about your character? What do you want to, so you wanna what, what I want to do for Riley is his, uh, I think that his struggle will shift from, you know, getting to a place where as Kenny put it, he can unapologetically be himself. Like it'll, it'll get to the point where he'll have to struggle with trying to not overdo it. Don't overcorrect. He's going to make some mistakes and people that the people that he's trying to protect are going to get hurt. And so he's going to have to struggle to be a hero, not a monster. And I think mm. that's going to, that's what his struggle is going to evolve into because he's taken on this like, you know, dark protector of this like area and especially of his like woods, but also extending to the the town, you know, and if, if you try to force the world to make sense too much because of, you know, justice and truth and all that bullshit, like you can end up overdoing it, being misguided, doing it wrong and and oh, having yeah. some pretty disastrous results and people getting hurt. And so I think that's going to be his struggle. Interesting. Kenny, how are you going to top your character? Oh. Um, I think, you know, where Riley had a complete arc in season one, I think Lucian did not. Mm-hmm. I think he probably, uh, David and I talked about, it. I think his, his arc is like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of his arc is going to be either coming to terms with who he is and trying to find some kind of like solace and happiness with that, or, uh, you know, stay, you know, getting destroyed somehow. Um, whether he can truly die or not, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I think that would be, I guess like how, again, I, I can't plan anything for Lucian because I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, but I would love to see Lucian come to terms with who he is and I would love to see him get, uh, some kind of closure with Autumn. I think Autumn is mm-hmm. uh, very scary to Lucian, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this new form. And um, I don't know. I don't know that Lucian, it, it would be nice to see Lucian be happy, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Nice. Maybe. Nice. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Rainy, what about you? So you have a new, you have a new skin. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't finished the series of how, like, please stop. <laughs> like, what are you no, doing? This is coming out, this is coming out after episode 12. So yeah, yeah. I don't know no, who would it skip ahead. It doesn't mean people listen to it No, yeah. they don't, but yeah, oh well. I will, put, I will put spoiler tags on. Spoilies. 
Okay. Um, but yes, so I I did um retire Lenore to the NPC pile. Um and I think like for me as a player, how I'm topping what I did last time. I mean, Lenore was if you want to be able to do stuff in this game except turn people on, volatile's a great spell. <laughs> Yeah, highly it recommend. Yeah, it's super okay. fun. Yeah. Um, and so going with a high volatile character, excellent. Good times. Um, but you know, I'm doing the thing. I never play like a charismatic hot character. So that's like my new challenge this time. Nice. Um, it, I just don't do it. It's not yeah. an interesting <laughs> character type to me. Um, so like I'm <laughs> I'm doing my best to uh <laughs> see how it I don't know how they work. Yeah. Um, they're a great mystery. But no, I'm excited. <laughs> I think there is a lot um, that I can do with it to cause some chaos with other hot people in the mm-hmm. mix. <laughs> Lucian. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly just there to foil Lucian. I mean, yeah. that's really my job. <laughs> I like Thank it. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be my thing. I will either teach Lucien to accept himself or destroy him. Um, so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have both at the same that's, time. That's my That'd goal as well. So we'll teach uh, Jesus. Yeah, you're, <laughs> the the focus, you're the focus, Lucien. You're the focus. Yeah, well, it was on well, last time and this time it's Lucien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think God. so. No, I think you're right. I, th- I, I think you're right. Lucien's going to be focus. Yeah, because even, yeah. Don't give that, him this attention. Episode, <laughs> He cannot be it trusted. It was like Riley and Lucien. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I was just mostly distracting Autumn so that Lucien could go off into the night. Yeah. <laughs> survive until next season. Basically. <laughs> yeah. With the Venga bus. Oh. So. Yeah, that's right. Always, <laughs> always. Um, in terms of my own stuff, if I can yes. take another minute or so. Um, I just think what I'm going to do, I'm going to pay way more attention to strings. I'm going to really push you all on, on getting strings on multiple people. Um, I'm going to make sure that that's happening and that you're aware of that power that you, that you can really up the string usage, uh, I think would be better and, um, just make it as unsettling for you as possible so that you never know what's going to happen next. And, um, I hope it doesn't feel some things definitely are like motifs and tropes, um, and they're cliches for a reason. And that's what makes them fun to kind of go over, but I hope there's enough in it to, to keep you guessing and uh, what's going to happen next. So that's, that's, what's going to happen hopefully, um, when we pick it up again, whenever we do. So, yeah. So thanks again for all of your support, care, engagement, uh, presence. It was truly, truly, uh, a unique and fun and gratifying experience. So I just want to thank you all again. Well done, everybody. Thank you, Des. Yeah. You're welcome.